well met, everyone. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a podcast by a nerd for other nerds that love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather, and I'll be your host as we journey into the wondrous land of information. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. So, like usual, you've probably already read the title of the episode, so you know that this week I'm talking about Krampus. If you're like me, you've heard of Krampus, you've seen the images online of, you know, the shirtless guys dressed up like devils with the big horns on their head, and they some of them have, like, the furry pant legs and everything. Like you, These images have been out there. They've made their way over to America from Europe where this tradition started, but I didn't really know a whole lot about about no, oh, well, about, about, huh, didn't know a whole lot about exactly where Krampus started from, what the origin was, or anything like that, and I was curious to find out more. So that's what this episode is about, basically, the origin of Krampus, as well as possibly a couple of other sort of dark creatures or dark sidekicks that go along with Santa Claus and St. Nicholas and stuff like that. So getting into it, the first thing is that no one knows exactly exactly the starting origin of Krampus and another interesting thing is that there are multiple different sort of dark entities or dark creatures that are sometimes used as sidekicks for different versions of Santa Claus or Sinterklaas or any of the different variations that exist throughout history there's a bunch of different dark entities or sidekicks that sometimes go with them Krampus happens to be one where it's not just a single entity, which is something that I thought was really interesting because you always hear of it referred to as the Krampus, but apparently technically it's the Krampusa because there's multiple Krampuses, which is hard to say. I think I'm going to stick with Krampusa. I just think it's easier to say, but the Krampusa There's multiple of them. So there's old, old imagery that you can find that actually has St. Nicholas along with multiple Krampusa instead of just one Krampus because it was more than one creature, which I thought was interesting because everything you see talks about just the Krampus. So I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't know that there were multiple. Another thing I found really interesting is the fact that, especially over here in America, when you see imagery of Krampus, it's often or almost always associated with actual Christmas. But in reality, the history of the Krampus is very different, or Krampusa is different. So Krampus originates from Europe, specifically in Austria and parts of Germany and Bavaria is where it's most commonly celebrated. And they don't have a specific origin in terms of, you know, centuries ago before Christianity hit, it was part of X, Y, and Z tradition. Because there's basically a large grouping of different sort of boogeymen type of creatures in mythology over there. I mean, anyone who's ever read the Grimm fairy tales or knows anything about all of the little like dark witches and, and creatures that they have in their folklore over there know that there's a bunch of boogeyman type situations you know like the ones that teach your kids behave yourselves otherwise someone's gonna come get you that kind of thing you know naughty children go with xyz creature and get punished that kind of thing there's a lot of stories that are like that and the krampus or krampusa happens to be one of those stories so 
another thing also, like I mentioned, it's not celebrated at Christmas. Krampus is actually celebrated with St. Nicholas. Not like jolly old St. Nick in the red coat and the white fur trim, but traditional St. Nicholas, who was a Catholic saint and was known for giving gifts to children. He was actually known also for giving gifts in stockings. So that's where our tradition of hanging stockings above the fireplace and everything sort of originates from because he would put gifts in stockings. So there's that. But that specifically is who the Krampusa would travel with. Not jolly old Saint Nick, not Santa Claus, not Sinterklaas, but specifically Saint Nicholas, which is different than how it gets portrayed over here in America. Over in Europe, if there's anyone listening to me in Europe, hi, but also you probably are already aware of that fact that Americans, like with other things, have twisted things around and it's getting portrayed not quite the way it's traditionally done. So St. Nicholas's feast days are the 5th and 6th of December. So technically, Krampusnacht already passed. Krampusnacht or Krampus Night is usually celebrated December 5th. Depending on the city you're in and everything, the celebrations might be happening on a different day entirely, but the traditional days are December 5th for Krampusnacht, and then December 6th is the Feast of St. Nicholas. So the idea behind the Krampus is that he was sort of a dark creature, and he's always described as looking sort of devil-ish, like the images we see online all the time. And he would travel either on Krampusnacht by himself, or sometimes it's portrayed him and St. Nicholas, but they would travel and they would visit children. And St. Nicholas would give gifts to the children who'd behaved themselves and been good that year, whereas the Krampus or the Krampusa, if multiple went with him, would punish the naughty children. And there's also some places where a a Krampus-type creature or Krampus himself will do things like throw candy on the ground and then when the kids go to pick it up, whip the children with like a switch. I'm assuming that if they're doing this in a celebration or something that they're not actually doing it very hard. Probably like a light tap of like, oh look, the stick touched me, but not an actual swack. At least I hope that's what they're doing because otherwise it's interesting. But the idea behind it was, again, teaching children to behave themselves and be good and listen and pay attention because if you didn't pay attention, the Krampus or Krampusa might come get you. You know, very much like a boogeyman type thing. And there's a lot of different variations that can be more regional depending on where you're from. There's actually even a Krampus type creature over here in the States specifically celebrated in parts of Pennsylvania where there was a large Germanic settlement. So it's called the Belsnickel. And basically the Belsnickel is their version of the Krampus. It's like a local Pennsylvania version of it. And they celebrated that and it's still around. It's still sort of a mythos in the area. So there's it's widespread all throughout Europe, but just the areas where it's still celebrated today tends to be more places like Austria, parts of Bavaria, parts of southern and western Germany, depending on where they are. But it originates from pre-Christian Alpine regions up in Austria. So basically, he was the counterbalance to St. Nicholas, who was, you know, being nice and giving everybody gifts. 
Another thing though is, like I said, we don't know the exact exact origins of where he came from. I suspect that the Krampus was, based off what I've read, was probably some sort of kind of amalgamation of a couple of different local boogeymen type of creatures. You know, um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but it's kind of like the idea where multiple regions have a similar creature and that are all near each other, but each town or each little insular area has its own slight twist on it. You know, a, a good example might be how over here in the U.S. in North America, we have the Sasquatch, but exactly how he's described or exactly where he's located or what he does or what he eats varies from spot to spot. You know, some people call him Bigfoot. Some people call him Sasquatch. If you go over to Nepal, you've got the Yeti and the Himalayas and everything. It's a similar idea where the creature itself is very similar but there's twists on it depending on what location you're in. And I suspect that something like that is probably what started off the Krampus and Krampusa situation, especially since there's supposed to be possibly multiples of the Krampusa. So that makes me think also that that's more likely, that there were multiple little creatures and then it all just kind of got glomped together and became the Krampus. The, when it became the Krampus, was when Christianity sort of started coming into the area and it became part of the St. Nicholas mythos. So basically St. Nick was the good guy and the Krampus, who you'll notice is very devil looking, big surprise with Christianity, is the bad guy. So that is largely where it stemmed from, is when everything was coming together and they were joining up, you know, local mythology with their own Christian and Catholic beliefs and how it was going to all come together. You know, I've talked about it in other episodes, such as the ones dealing with Halloween, for example. And if anyone knows the origins of Christmas, which honestly, nowadays, I think most people do, which is one of the reasons why I haven't done an episode on that. But real short version is that there are a lot of old, 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 old pagan holidays and rituals that all revolve around the winter solstice, which is in the middle, middle range of December. And because of that, there's a lot of different days around there that have different meaning. And then at a certain point, the birth of Christ was placed as being roughly December 25th. Whether or not that's the exact date is hard to say, but it's placed somewhere in that vicinity. So all of those celebrations all got merged together under Catholicism and Christianity when it came through and became, over time, what we now know to be Christmas. And that's why there's a lot of talk about the birth of Christ and everything. It all got glomped together. And that's how it's both a religious holiday, but also sort of a day of revelry. Because it's got all of these old, old traditions that are rooted in their pagan roots from way back when that deal with celebrating the end of the year and celebrating that spring is going to come again and celebrating the winter solstice versus the very heavy religious idea and aspect that the son of God was born on this day and it is a holy day. Like there's, there's a lot of juxtaposition there. And so there's the very religious celebration, which is partly where Krampus comes in and partly where he doesn't. And then there's the pagan traditions, which is also partly where Krampus comes in. So honestly, the Krampus, Krampusa myth that goes along with St. Nicholas is a perfect example of how these 
two different cultures and two different realities of the way people celebrated and lived back in the day combined to create a new tradition. Now, it's not a tradition that is super widespread, although, like I said earlier, I think most people have heard of it by now, especially since there have been a couple of horror movies that came out where they had the Krampus as the bad guy, which, again, is another example of how it became sort of tweaked when it came over to the U.S., because instead of being on St. Nicholas's Day, it is more of a Christmassy thing over here, or at least that's how it's always been portrayed to me. So until I started doing all this, I didn't even realize that he wasn't supposed to go with Santa Claus. I thought he was, you know, Santa Claus's evil shadow, but in actuality, he's supposed to be, or they, if you're going with the plural, are supposed to be sort of, not the henchmen, but the the cleanup crew, I guess, may be a good word for it. The cleanup crew behind St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas takes care of all the good ones, and then the Krampusa clean up all the bad ones behind him and make sure that they know that next year they need to pick it up and be better and do what they're supposed to do. So it's an interesting combination of features, and it hadn't occurred to me until actually literally just as I was talking now, but it really is a perfect example of how old pagan traditions have merged into modern day Christian traditions as as the centuries passed. And that's true for a lot of different holidays, but this one, this little mythos in particular is a perfect, perfect example of how they merged, but not to the point where either part of it was completely gone. Because obviously St. Nicholas is Christianity and the Krampusa or Krampus would have originated in pagan roots. Now it's portrayal as looking like a devil. It's hard to say whether that's just because Christianity was a, a factor so they made it look like an evil devil or whether that was actually the mythos of what it looked like even beforehand. But either way, it's really cool as I'm thinking about it to consider the fact that that is, that is where the two meet and yet haven't completely combined to create a single entity. They're still two separate creatures, two separate mythological figures that have a purpose. It just so happens that the way that the two of them are celebrated, at least again back over in Europe where the tradition originates, is that they're almost like the flip sides of each other. One side good, one side evil, one side gives gifts, one side punishes, and one side is Christian and one side is pagan. Now again, the Christians were not always great to the pagan people as they were going through. I have nothing against Christians in general at all, just to be clear. But historically, it is undeniable that historically Christians sort of bulldozed their way through and took over all of the pagan regions. Whether or not it was for good or bad, that's up to your own personal interpretation, but it remains the truth that at least back in the day, way, way back in the day, a lot of Christian religions would sort of force their way in and take over. And they would merge with the local traditions. They did add bits and pieces in, which is how we've gotten so many different variations and rich cultural differences between different variations of Christianity now. But... The fact remains that they did that. And so it's possible, possible 
that, you know, the fact that they paired the Krampusa with St. Nicholas had also to do with the fact that they wanted, you know, St. Nicholas to be the good guy because he's giving gifts and he's being nice and he's treating the good kids. And then you have their pagan flip side of the coin who is specifically punishing and doing bad things and taking care of the bad children. It's a very good versus evil, heaven versus hell, Christian versus pagan situation that I think you see a lot back in those old, old, old mythos and things like that and the way things have come forward and gotten combined together. But it's an interesting thought exercise to kind of stare at this mythology of the Krampus and St. Nicholas and look at how the two combine. Okay, so with that, I'm going to go into our break. And then when I come back, I'm going to talk a little more about what exactly the Krampus does and some of the different ideas of the things he brings or the things he does to the naughty children, but also a little more about sort of the Krampus in modern day versus, you know, how he was celebrated in the past. Okay, everyone, welcome to the mid-roll. So, first things first, I want to talk about World Anvil. I'm sure you guys have heard it a bunch by now, but I love World Anvil. It's an amazing world builder and a way to really flesh out and build up your world, whether it's for a novel you might be writing or for your D&D game with friends. It's a wonderful tool and I highly recommend you check it out. It is worldanvil.com. They're one of the sponsors of several of the shows here at Nerdsmith. A lot of the actual plays where we have D&D worlds we're trying to create or have some sort of RPG world we're trying to create and all of the tools that are available on there are just amazing and they make it so easy to flesh everything out and really make a rich feeling world from the tools they give you. It's it's fantastic and I can't say enough about it. You should check it out. Again, that's worldanvil.com. Another thing I want to talk about, and it's not just for my show, but for any show on the network or honestly any podcast you listen to, please consider reviewing it on iTunes or giving it a review on whatever listening app you're using because those really do make a difference. Comments and reviews and things like that really make the visibility of a podcast more more so. It More people are going to see it, more people are going to review it, more people are going to hear it, which is really how we get the word out. Nerdsmith does a tiny bit of advertising, but for the most part, that advertising is word of mouth. And, you know, occasionally we'll make some little flyers or something. It's not a lot. Everything pretty much is word of mouth. That's how everyone hears about things. And so if there's any Nerdsmith shows you like, please like it, please share it, please review it on iTunes, share it with your friends, let them know. You can also join our public Discord server where you can talk with the creators like myself and the other directors, the crew from Chaotic Goodness or the amazing Champions of the Earth. You know, all of them are there and you can talk to them. Joe from Dear DM, if you want to ask him some questions, it's a good place to send questions to him as well. All of us are there. You can talk to us. You can submit ideas or questions for Wand Radio anything like that. If any of that appeals to you, you can find a Discord link on our website, nerdsmith.org. And don't forget also that if you want to support your favorite shows directly, you can donate. If you go to nerdsmith.org slash donate, you have different options to donate and subscribe to your favorite shows. With that, we're going to get back into this week's topic, The Krampus. 
Okay, so moving forward into sort of the modern age, the Krampus has gotten portrayed very differently from tradition, at least over here in the U.S. Over in Europe, there are still a lot of cities in certain areas that celebrate Krampusnacht, or they have Krampus runs, where, like I was talking about earlier, like at the beginning of the episode, people will dress up as Krampus and they'll go walking around and running through the streets. There's also certain cities that have enough people that want to celebrate Krampusnacht that they actually have a competition. The One of the books I used, or well, the book, because the rest of my research, I googled a lot of stuff and used wiki, but the book I used for this episode is called The Krampus and Old Dark Christmas, Roots and Rebirth of the Folkloric Devil, written by Al Ridenour. It's Al, it's A-L, and then his last name is R-I-D-E-N-O-U-R. And the book's available on Amazon, on Kindle, and also in paperback, and I believe hardback, if you want to check it out. It's actually really well written. I definitely recommend it if you have an interest in this subject especially because he does sort of a lot of little bits and pieces of analysis he's not talking strictly just about Krampus and nothing else he brings in all of these different folklores that also exist in the area things like the bell snickel that I mentioned and there's also a term he uses called it's I'm gonna butcher this but perked p-e-r-c-h-t Perked, perked, I I don't speak German at all, so I might not be saying that right in the slightest. But basically it's the idea that there's, like I was talking about earlier, there's a lot of these sort of dark boogeymen type characters, and they sometimes get referred to as the perked. And they're often, not, not all of them, but there's some of them that are paired with more benevolent entities, things like St. Nicholas, for example. And honestly, there's even some areas where a different boogeyman type character is placed with a completely different Santa Claus type character. So there's variations even on Santa depending on which country you're going into and what their personal or their regional beliefs are. So as opposed to the very Americanized Santa Claus, you know, the Coca-Cola drinking Santa Claus with the red suit and the white trim and the big jolly face, there's also Saint Nicholas who's more of a religious figure. There's also things like Sinterklaas and uh, Father Noel and you know, just all these different things. There's different tweaks on it depending on what region of the world you're in. And similarly, there are several different countries over in Europe and different regions in Europe that have their own version of a Krampus-type figure. They're not all Krampus-type figures. There's one that's sort of a witch. There's some that are less devil-looking and more just like evil elf looking. There's a, there's a lot of different variations. I definitely recommend you check out the book if you want to hear about pretty much all of them because he does a really good analysis. Again, it's called The Krampus and Old Dark Christmas Roots and Rebirth of the Folkloric Devil by Al Ridenour. Another thing I like that he did actually is that similar to what I was just talking about, he did sort of an analysis of how it's now part of the modern world. So there's all of these countries that have the different celebrations for Krampus, but there's also some that have actual runs, the Krampus runs on Krampus Noct, and what they'll do is they'll have different troops, they call them troops, of Krampusa. So like I was mentioning, there's multiples in a lot of the mythos. What'll happen, a big group of several different people who want to dress up as a Krampus will get together and create a troop, and then that troop also has like a, a Saint Nicholas figure, 
who will go up and talk and stuff like that. So he, he describes a festival, the author, Al Ridenauer, describes a festival he went to where they were doing this in a town in Germany, and there were several different troops of Krampusa that came through, and each one had its own Saint Nick that went and spoke to the presenter and all of that stuff up on the stage, and then the different Krampusa troops would have big shows and do, like, stomping and and jumping around and choreographed stuff and they'd they'd bow when saint nicholas told them to do something or kneel when saint nicholas told them to do something because that's part of the mythos also is often that there's a lot of depictions of saint nicholas having like a chain around the krampus the krampus's neck and sort of leading him around with him making it almost like St. Nicholas is choosing to bring around this Punisher also. It's not like he just tags along. No, no, no. St. Nick is bringing the punishment along with the pleasure. It's just that he's not the one actually doling out the punishment. So that's interesting also. But they'll do this, and then there's also in certain towns, although it sounds like mostly just the town he went to, which I believe was Belstein in Germany. So they'll do these competitions where sometimes the Krampusa will fight each other. They don't obviously fight each other to actually injure each other. It's more like a wrestling match type of fighting, but they'll push each other around and stuff and they'll stomp and posture and have this big show of it. And it's part of the festival and it's something that people do every year. And they celebrate the traditions of what Krampus was supposed to be. So in some areas there will be people who dress up as Krampus and like I was mentioning earlier they'll throw candy on the ground and then they'll smack children with a, a switch when they come to get the candy. Like I said earlier though I, I hope it's not hard I hope it's like a tap 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 as opposed to swack 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 because I think we can all agree one is preferable. <laughs> I mean yeah one is better than the other especially when children are involved but that is something that they'll sometimes do as well, depending on the town and how they celebrate. So there's a lot of different ways to do it, and it's going to vary depending on what region you're in. But because of this incredible imagery of all of these like groups of men or women and men dressed up as devils and stomping around and parading through the modern day streets, those images made their way online and then spread, of course, across the world to everyone. And anyone who hadn't already known about the mythos, you know, saw these images or had access to these images. And it's interesting. It's different looking. And it's not something you normally would think of being associated with the Christmas season. Again, over here in North America, it often gets glomped into Christmas. But in reality, should be beginning of December 5th and 6th. But because of the way it was presented and because of the time frame of the year, it gets sort of glomped into the holidays in general. And over here in America, there's been a lot of, not necessarily misconception, it's more like misinformation, which honestly doesn't probably surprise any of us, given the amount of media that we consume and the amount of changes people will make to old stories in order to make them more commercial. The Krampus is a perfect example. Random holiday on December 5th and 6th for St. Nicholas is not that commercialized. It's not something people are going to be like, oh yeah, I know that feast. Most people haven't even heard of it. But then you pull the Krampus and take them over to, Krimp to Christmas and say, oh no, no, it's it, 
it tags along with Santa Claus or it's an evil Santa Claus. And suddenly everyone's like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, wait, an evil Christmas Santa? Wait, what? Like, it just makes it more interesting. So because of things like that, it's gotten sort of twisted. And so over here in America, like I said, until I did this research, I just assumed that he came at Christmas. I assumed the Krampus came at Christmas. I assumed there was only one Krampus because that's sort of the interpretation we've been given is that there is one evil entity called Krampus, not multiple Krampusa, just one, which is different. And also, you know, in some depictions in horror movies and things like that, he'll be wearing Santa's suit, the red suit with the white trim. So it really is like he's an evil Santa Claus, which of course is not the tradition, but that's just how it's been commercialized over here in the States. Another thing that's interesting is there are some stories out there, books that are horror-based or not horror-based, depending on what they are, that talk about variations of the origin of Krampus. So one of them happens to be Krampus the Yule Lord, and it's well-written. It was on Amazon. I actually almost bought it because with that name, I thought, until I read the description, I thought it might have been a history book, but it's not. It's very much a novel. It's a, fa it's a fiction book. But it was very well received and a lot of people liked it when it came out. And so what happened though in that book is that the story the author created was that the Krampus is the son of Loki. So he tied it into Norse mythology instead of Alpine pre-Christian mythology, which isn't accurate. Now it is possible especially with how far spread the Vikings were and we're discovering, you know, like I mentioned, they made it to North America in a previous episode. But um, the Vikings got everywhere. They, they went very far away from just their Norwegian area and traveled far and got a lot of different goods from a lot of different places. So they definitely passed at least near the Alpine area, even if they didn't stay there much. And because of that, it's possible that some sort of influence on the Krampus myth came from Norse mythology. But the idea that Loki is the father of the Krampus is not a thing that actually exists in the real mythos. But because it was put into a book that was somewhat popular, there are groups of people who have glommed onto that as an idea. There's actually even been some articles talking about, oh, you know, and this this origin, da, da 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 the same origin that's from his book, because just like happens with so many things, people put something on the internet, it spreads as an idea, and then, you know, everyone thinks that this made-up thing is the truth, when in reality it's not. So, similar idea. We hear a lot of bits and pieces like that. But I think it's cool that modern-day people are still celebrating the traditions of the actual holiday, like actual Krampus traveling around with St. Nicholas, you know, not Santa Claus, but St. Nicholas on his feast days and, you know, teaching children a lesson, although I don't condone using a switch on children, just to be very, very clear, not okay with that personally, but that's what the storyline goes with. And I think it's interesting that not only does it still exist in a, not pure form, because obviously it's changed a lot, but in a somewhat at least traditional form over in the originating countries, but then over here in the States, they've started to also have Krampus runs and Krampusnacht. 
So there are groups over here in the States that have started instituting these again around the holidays and started doing Krampus runs, which I think is really cool. The author of the book I used, Al Ridenour, actually talks about how he and a friend have been sort of spearheading having LA Krampus runs, which I think is a fun idea. Would I personally ever want to dress up in all of that suit and get up and go running around and stomping up and down and growling at people? No, not at all. Would I think it's very interesting to watch? Absolutely. So I think it's cool that that is an option depending on your area. So I'm already over 30 minutes, so I'm going to do just a really quick summary of everything. But the basic summary is that Krampus is actually not just one entity. It's potentially multiple depending on the mythos you're using. So it's Krampusa if it's plural. Different countries have different variations of it depending on the region and their pers- their cultural beliefs in that area. And then on top of that, he doesn't traditionally travel with Santa Claus. He travels specifically with St. Nicholas. And not even on Christmas, but on a completely different holiday around the Feast of St. Nicholas, the 5th and 6th of December. And the Krampus is not evil Santa Claus. He is actually his own mythological creature who is sort of a pagan evil counterpoint to the Christian good effacing St. Nicholas. So again, I talked about it earlier, but you've got the juxtaposition of good versus evil, Christian versus pagan, gifts versus punishment, you know, all of that sort of situation going on. It's really interesting. And if you enjoy a good sort of introspective read that has a lot of different analysis from different areas, I 100% recommend the book I used. It was really well written. It was easy to read. And there's a lot of really good information. And a fun thing too is he actually has some pictures in there. So there's pictures of different uh, Krampus festival type situations. And there's also different pictures of masks and figurines that people have made over the centuries to go along with the Krampus mythos. So it's cool to look at those and see what some of the other ones are. And especially if you're interested in any of the variations of the Krampus that are regional and not called the Krampus, such as I mentioned, there's one that's more like a witch. If you're interested in those, he talks a lot more about those as well. This episode I just did was specifically about the Krampus, so I kind of mentioned them, but I didn't feel like I needed to focus on it. If you guys want to hear more about those, though, let me know, and I will try to make that another episode this holiday season. With that, I'm going to call this episode good, and I will talk to you guys next week. Please remember to check out all the other wonderful shows and productions that we have at nerdsmith.org. You can submit questions or topic suggestions to me on Twitter at amethyst underscore magic with a CK. Or you can email me at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. I'll be back next week with a new and interesting topic. Until then, don't forget to geek thyself.
So you already love D&D, obviously, but you want to sharpen your skills as a DM or player, right? Enter Dear DM, a Dungeons & Dragons advice podcast where I sit down with your favorite dungeon masters and answer D&D questions asked by you. Natural 20 is nudist. Um. <laughs> <laughs> a plucked kanku. Uh, charisma. Dump sack charisma. <laughs> really? Great questions in the community today. Some really fun bits to, to talk on and expand on. So Episodes release every other Tuesday and are available at nerdsmith.org or wherever you get your podcasts.